Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. We are back to recording every single week. I'm Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Dave Probs. And today we're going to be talking about the National Basketball Association, which is now deep into the playoffs in the conference finals. Both series heating up. Uh, let's start off by talking about the Sun series, and then we'll kind of get into the Bucks and the injuries later into the episode. Bucks and Hawks, I mean. So let's start off with the Suns. What do you guys uh, think the main focal points of this series are as we head into a another game right now with uh, the Suns and Clippers? With the Clippers red hot in these elimination games, do you think Tyron Lue is the uh, key to success here, Cash? Yeah, I think Tyron Lue, um, to be honest, in my opinion, I did not think he was the right hire, hire for this Clippers organization. But, I mean, it shows he – I'm pretty sure he's had the best record in elimination games in, in NBA history. And it just seems every time that his team is um, about to fall down, I mean, he finds a way to bring them up. And he brought out the light in DeMarcus Cousins. Paul George showed out in Phoenix. And um, they're one game away from tying up this series. So. To be honest, I'm pretty impressed by Tyron Lue. Yeah, Probs. I mean, are, I mean, yeah. I mean, before I let Probs get in, I mean, I, Tyron Lue's kind of like he also like has a lot of like I wouldn't say like publicity, but like a lot of people were against him at first, and I think a lot of the you watch early series series and w- what happened and. Doesn't seem like he's really in control of his team. And then Stephen A goes on the uh, his show yesterday and tells everybody he's the best coach in the NBA. I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of shaky from uh, from a media standpoint of view on what they think about him. What do you think, Probs? Yeah, I think um, especially in the first in the beginning of the playoffs, he made some questionable decisions. Um, for sure, like not starting Terrence Mann, who's been a huge boost to this team off the bench. Um, but then I feel like he's gotten in more rhythm, you know, down 0-2 multiple times against the Mavs and pretty much in every other series. So he's, I think one of the biggest things is he's been able to um, adapt to different situations and that's what's helped keep the Clippers in, from elimination. Yeah, the Clippers. I think it was like a crazy stat, like ten, ten and two uh, in these uh, elimination games. I'm gonna give it to Cash. What do you have to say, Cash? Yeah, I think um, Terrence Mann. We've we've all heard of his story, especially after that 39.9 in Utah about how he barely got into the NBA. But a question I like to ask a lot of NBA fans is: Do you guys think Terrence Mann is deserving of a starting position, not just on this Clippers team, but like? Do you think he can be a starter in in most of the NBA? Like, is he deserving of that three or four spot wherever you put him? Well, not right now, for sure. I mean, he this is his third season in the league because he was yeah. drafted in twenty nineteen. So he's he's like a very he's like a Lou Williams. That's the kind of player because he's a burst off the bench. He can give you huge amount of points and occasionally he can pop off but he's not producing I feel like at a consistent rate this season I mean he can make threes he 
plays decent defense. He can get you a bucket when you need it, but he he isn't pro- producing like a consistent playoff starter. I mean, he's he needs to be played in the playoffs, but I don't think as a starter, at least not yet. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I completely agree there because Mann was at the bottom of the bench at the start of this season and then worked his way up towards the starting lineup now that Kawhi Leonard's injured. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Mann in a few years could definitely be deserving of that starting position. Yeah, for sure. I think I it's also – work. Yeah, I, and I, th- I think you also have to point out that Terrence Mann, uh, he's delivered through these games right now, and, and I think that's why I think I would make the argument for him to get some side, some kind of starting role while Kawhi Leonard especially is, is not playing for this Cobras team. He's been solid in this series. and I mean, you, you may say his, the season hasn't been entirely consistent, but he's when he got minutes in this series, when another person was down, he stepped up. And he's a big reason of why the Clippers are even winning two of these games mm-hmm. and have a potential to knock down the Suns again, which I think is a huge deal. I think the big thing about the Clippers, though, is they've shut the Suns down. They've they've made them take tough shots over and over again. The Suns have struggled to get a rhythm. I think Aiton's the one lone star that the Suns have had where they he's been dominant. But other than that, I mean, we've had some really low scoring affairs in this series, which yeah, which shouldn't but, be what it is in the playoffs. Though one thing I want to say, you you're talking about how Terrence Mann is impacting a lot of these games and he's helping the Clippers win, but I personally I think he's he's coming in few games, not not all the games. He's impacting a few games when he's clicking and when he's finding his footing, then then yes, then he's making a huge impact. But last game um against the Clippers, he had 4 points and he that's not an impact that you want from your starter. Um so that just right there i mean he's not impacting every single game but he's for sure making an impact in select games if you want to look at it but i think that's why i don't see him as a starter um that's why i see him as more of a role player because he can't impact the game regularly like someone like pg but yeah i i still think he's growing as a player yeah I'll, I'll tag along right there with you i think yeah he's definitely been inconsistent throughout this postseason and you could really um you could really it, it just depends on your definition of impact and like we said game like you said last game he had four points and i think that has to do a lot with Ty Lue's trust in him i'm not saying he doesn't have a lot of trust in him but this is man's we got to take that into account this is man's first playoffs with valuable minutes and mm-hmm. um in game six, or yeah, game six against the Jazz, I mean, Lou handed the keys to Man, which was rare, but Man was knocking down every shot he took, and you, you can't you give it to the hot, the hot. Right, hand. right, right, and, and that's what PG does for this team. And in that game, that instance, it was Man. So I feel like it's just a thing of trust. And once Man develops that, and that's gonna have to be developed through the regular season and developmental processes, I would then say that maybe Man could have it. Uh, impact consistently on in playoff games but yeah i definitely agree that he's not a consistent uh well, impactor i think lou ty lou he he trusts him because he's at, he's a starter but i think it's more of terrence man developing to this playoff atmosphere you know consistently scoring against the highest of the high players 
I mean, who would you guys have start though, rather than Terrence Mann? They played four guards in the starting lineup last mm-hmm. in the last game against the Suns with Marcus Morris as the playing the five. I mean, without Kawhi, I don't see there being another guy that that takes I, Terrence's man's spot. I think Ivan Zubak to take it because he he provides a center position. He can play against um, DeAndre in, in that four guard with Morris at the five that kind of lineup, I feel like Zubats, he he provides a different aspect um, with as a taller player. I mean, it makes the argument, though, that the Clippers also won this game bar by a large, large amount or compared to the... I mean, both their games have been 14-point wins. So, mm-hmm. so maybe not large amounts, but they both won. Um, and Zubak, yeah, comfortably. Terrence Mann was in both the starting lineups in both these games without yeah. a huge offensive output, but I don't think that's his job, to be quite honest. It's pass the ball and let uh, PG take over and play some defense, which I think he did in both those games. So I don't, I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a trust issue, and sure he has a lot of developing to do, but I don't think, uh, I don't think we're gonna get that development from him in LA especially when he's going to get ticked off the starting lineup if they decide to hold on to Reggie Jackson with Kawhi, with PG. There's no reason for him to start over those guys. Uh, And I assume they're going to have some sort of accusation over the summer, especially mm -hmm. if they lose. And I think also um, when you look at Reggie, he's going to get paid a lot. And I don't think the Clippers are going to be paying him. Um, So... You look at Terrence Mann, and he arguably looks like the best player to fit that third star, third scorer kind of role for the Clippers. And if he, I think he can do it next season, um, if if he develops. And I think the Clippers will have to prioritize that because he's he's going to be carrying some a lot more of the load if they let go of Jackson and. Um, you know, some of these players who are having great postseasons might come back down to earth in the regular season. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, if they definitely don't give Reggie Jackson the money, then um, then I think Man's gonna be that third man there. And I, I get Marcus Morris is still there, but at the same time, um, Man is um, Man is a younger player, and he has a lot to offer. I mean, he's tall, he's lengthy. And he can get buckets, as he's shown earlier in the postseason. Yeah, that brings us into the other side of this matchup, which is the Suns, who have not been playing at their best. And I think, the for me, let's just start off where it looks like the root of their problems start in Chris Paul. I mean, probably his best game back was in that game six where they only put up 92 points. Is Chris Paul the guy that they want with the ball in his hands right now in this playoff game. Yeah, I think they do want the ball in Chris Paul's hands because he's the most experienced. He can get his own bucket. He knows how to control the flow of the game. Um, And I think the one person that's um, for sure under underperforming is Devin Booker because he cannot find a stride at all like he sure he had 31 points like last game but he was 9 of 22 from the field and that's 
that's uh, not that not that good. And if you want to be winning games and if you want to be the number one on your team, like Booker, like he is, then you need to be posting up is he? points. I mean, he is, is he not? Who else would be the number one? Chris Paul? I mean, personally, I think if Chris Paul was there for another year or two, then Chris Paul. But, yeah, I definitely think right now it's it's got to be Devin Booker. I mean, Chris Paul is a clutch player. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like Devin Booker is the man they have been rolling with down the stretch this postseason. He's the future of their organization. Yeah, yeah. And that's He's no the number one in the future. But is Chris Paul with the ball in his hands gonna pass to Devin Booker? Because it seems like they're doing a lot of what we saw in Brooklyn, where the point yeah, guard I... is gonna do a pick and pop or the point guard is gonna pass to the the three or four. They don't Yeah, that, that's it doesn't a, yeah, seem that's like exactly they're playing point. together right now. That that's that's my problem with what they have going on. Yeah, I, I could and, agree with that. They they've looked definitely a little bit shaky. Especially these last two games. Yeah, and I I know there's like a lot of kind of like a father-son relationship going on where Chris Paul is kind of mentoring these young players, but yeah, it really seems like games where Devin Booker, like Probs just said, isn't having his greatest game, that they're relying on Chris Paul to make the bucket, and they won two games without him. Paul, yeah. Yeah. They won two um, without Paul. Yeah, so it's kind of like... I see it, but at the same time, I watched that entire. We, I think we all watched that entire last two games, and it seems, it just seems off. It, it doesn't seem like the same team that that won games. And if PG made those two free throws, the series would be flipped right now, yep. which which is a lot more to take in because now you you now people are going to start pointing at the problems. And if the Clippers lose the series, also. That this is going to be the thing that they have to exploit because I'm telling you, Cam Johnson and uh, Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges have all been playing pretty well, and Crowder and and the, the supporting cast has been there. DeAndre Ayton for sure, like he's he's been posting consistent double doubles. Yeah, Fair. and I think uh, Mikael Bridges, I think he's definitely an X factor. I, I mean, you look at, you look at what he does defensively, presence he brings, and then when and he's hitting from beyond the arc, he's pretty big threat to this Clippers team. But yeah, back to that point of Paul and Booker, I feel like they have been playing a lot like Brooklyn. It's a lot of isolation ball, and that's not working out for them. I, I think they need to move out or go back to what they did in that Denver series, more sharing the ball. They're relying too heavily on either Booker one game or it could be Paul the next game. To where they're taking contested shots, low percentage shots, um, and that, and that's how Clippers the Clippers are winning these games. I mean, they get on runs, and then once the Clippers are able to stop them defensively, they don't know where to go after uh, that ISO ball. And I feel like that's where Monty Williams needs to show that he is the coach of the year, proving mm-hmm. to make adjustments necessary. Yeah, and I think that's the point you bring up is huge. Monty Williams needs to start making adjustments because they aren't winning. They aren't producing offensively at the level in this series that that they need to win. And so they need to find offense somewhere, whether it's from Booker, Paul, 
Aiton maybe. They just they need a they need something that they yeah, really. lack this season this series. Yeah, and credit to the Clippers because I feel like they've executed a game plan, especially in that game five because making Chris Paul take the contested shots, making Booker take contested shots. If you do that, there's no way you're not winning the game, no matter what kind of awesome night that Aiden has been doing or, or putting up. You, if you can knock down those two guys, then you're not going to be able to stop them. And uh, it's it's credit to Ty, Ty Lu, and and I think that's why a lot of people have been high on him is because they've adjusted. They've he's gotten his team to focus up after being down multiple multiple times. We could be seeing a completely different series right now with uh, any of the teams that they came back against. One of the one of the things I think that has been huge is um the addition of Pat Bev. I think he him playing defense against Booker against Paul uh Chris Paul, I think um has been huge because he's getting in their face, making them take those contested shots and it's leading to misses, turnovers and that's I think that's where the game come down, comes down to. Pat Bev playing defense and Paul George um, on the offensive end putting up points. Yeah, and I and I, I really like how uh, Lou is, is using Beverly this game. I mean, he gets in everyone's head, mm-hmm. messes around with them. He's also made a few big threes. And um, on, the, on the defensive end, yeah, I mean, Beverly, if he guards Booker, I mean, Booker obviously hasn't had a great series at all, like you just said. And if I mean, Beverly's he's, there, he's he's been scoring well, but I feel it's, like the shots he's off. taking, like he he's not getting his the moves that he normally does, and 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 that's mm-hmm. a lot of credit needs to go there to Patrick Beverly. Yep, for sure. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, besides injuring Booker, he has been that that's his defense. I mean, that that's yeah. what we know and expect from him. He doesn't care. He's gonna get in your face, and he's gonna be feisty. And I think he's getting on their nerves. He's making them mad. And I think that's what he's been so effective throughout his whole career, stopping big-name players, stopping guards, stopping everybody, is because he makes them angry enough. And most players don't play better when they're angry. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of kills them. And I think that's what killed the Suns team, especially in Game 6 or in Game 5. Tonight we have Game 6, which should be a thriller. Uh, before we move on into the other series, what are your predictions here for Clippers or Suns? Start off with Clippers. Yeah, I I, um, I like the Clippers here. I think that they will find a way to get the job done again in front of their home crowd. And I think Paul George does show up huge again. I think he'll drop 35. But I think the Suns won't go down without a fight. I think this could eventually go into overtime. Yeah, so this this game, I think, I think the Suns take care of business. I think um, after a loss, I think they come back with the win because, I mean, they haven't lost back to back since the Lakers and so the Lakers series. So I think they come back with the win, um, force a game six back in Phoenix, and you know they can win it all or they can make it to the finals after that. 
Yeah, with with Kawhi out, it makes it really hard to pick the Clippers, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I think the Clippers win this game. Uh, home crowd, they've just been playing at a higher level, and I just don't think I don't think you can make that quick of an adjustment from the Suns' point of view, especially with those that terrible guard play. You get points may be something, but but connecting is a whole other thing, and that's why if any of the if either side in the East can get healthy, I'd I'd pick those teams over this West team. But let's speaking of the East, let's go ahead and move into the Hawks taking on the Bucks. Giannis just went down yesterday with an injury, could be an ACL. I mean, it's it's terrible to see. And and while we're on the topic, let's transition in, into something else before we get back into the Hawks. Is the NBA at fault here? We've had LeBron, AD, Giannis, Trey. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's to the point where it's uh, it's pretty unbelievable. How many people have gotten hurt over the course of this year? Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook. I mean, you, you could name a player in almost every single series that has gone down, that, that's battling through injuries this year, all because of the NBA's revenue stats. And I just find it a bit unbelievable. Um, teams like the Heat aren't the same team. Like, that was not a team that could have got swept with a full season of rest. So I mean, is this is this against the NBA? That that's the question at hand. Does the NBA have to some sort of responsibility or ownership of what's happening? I mean, I, I think uh, I think of course, but it's it's their league. They decide the rules. Um, so I I think for sure they they have majority of the ownership for this. But you also have to take into account that the vi- the virus is still out there. Um, they're trying to get back on some sort of red, regular schedule and this is how they're going to do it. And some, most of the players don't really like it, but uh, that's, that's what we have right now. And these injuries may or may not be related to having limited amount of rest. Um, but it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think the NBA would do this under regular circumstances. So I think it has to do with the virus and how it has affected the season and two seasons pretty much. Yeah, I think um, I, I before I start on uh, if I think the blame should go on the NBA, I did see a graphic today that each of the main players of teams that made it to the second round have been injured. And, and that's just crazy. It's something we've never seen before. And when you look at a talented team like we were just talking about, the Suns, if they win the championship, I mean, I think a lot of people, it's just going to be known for every team they played, their either main star or co-star was out. LeBron and AD were not close to 100%. Murray was out. Kawhi's out. And who knows if... I mean, Trey and Giannis obviously aren't healthy. We don't know if Giannis will come back. So I think, yeah, this and the blame will definitely here should go in the NBA. When this season started, I remember there's players like LeBron reaching out saying that this isn't going to work. Injuries, more injuries will happen. And she's proven to be right. I think, and I think the short and off season has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I I completely agree. And to your point against the Suns. 
if if the Bucks move on, then they're gonna play another team without their star, and and I really, I I don't care um, about the opinions on this. I really believe that the champ their little run here in the playoffs is completely demised if they play no team that is fully healthy, like completely unhealthy. Like, that player yeah, that mean, is out changes the series and each and every one they've played. And, and I understand that they, they fought through a regular season and they've done the same thing as everybody else, but they've had the luxury of not being having to play the schedules that every single team that they've played had to play. Uh, every team went further than them in this playoffs. And it's really a question to say if the extra six, six game or, uh, not even six, 13 games that the Clippers played really hurt them. And, and the answer is probably yes. Yeah, same thing with the Lakers. We're about to see the same thing with the Bucks, And and the only team that really has the no excuse is the Hawks. And they've stayed pretty healthy up to this point um, yeah. from the I mean, starting line like, point of view. They, they didn't have DeAndre Hunter all year. They barely had Cam Reddish. They just got him back. Now Trey Young's injured. No, they're dealing with injuries too. But, yeah, I, I, can, I agree there that – they're the only team with no excuse because they were not in the bubble. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that definitely has to go in the NBA because we look at, I mean, the NHL, they also had a short off season, and you're not hearing of big players getting injured either there. Yeah, and, and it has a lot to do with, with a, a much, much shorter schedule and a, and a much uh... – different slate of opponents uh they, they only had to play four teams every year all year long or uh mm-hmm. not four like five or six yeah just six only division there. rivals yeah they only played inside their division for the entire series and, and that shortened entire season excuse me and that might have shortened it up and i'm pretty sh- from from if i remember correctly i'm pretty sure they went straight into their playoffs they just extended it a bit which uh I mean, look at it now. It, it, it's, it's a big physical game, and injuries are very common in it, and we, yet we see a, a much less uh, particular game towards injuries in the but, NBA, but that, we see the opposite effect. With NHL, I feel like we have to take into account that these, the training staff, the players, they prepare themselves differently for each and every game because it's tougher, it's more physical, and the NBA, it, it can't just limit its amount of games because it needs to have a certain number of games for it to be profitable, the postseason, and it can't just go this super long amount of time without uh, with a off season because um, the fans want games, the owners want games, and I think that's what's pushing the NBA to... Um, put this season earlier and maybe a little longer than they wanted to because they need to make money and that's the bottom line they they needed to make money and i don't think you can blame the nba for wanting to make money because that's the whole point yeah it's a business it's a business yeah exactly and these players getting hurt it seems like it's a side effect of of this business and um they nba at this point seems like they're fine with it yeah and i I think that's where it's wrong i mean it it should the nba out of the four major leagues 
baseball, football, hockey, and this. The NBA is the most run by the players. The most run by the players. The, mo- the players have the most power in any other sport in the National Basketball League. They had a lockout, for Christ's sakes. No other sport has the amount of power that it has. So when that happens, and this is a player's league, which it primarily is, the players have the responsibility to convey the message or do something about it. And I'm, and I'm not going to blame the players here, but if the players really wanted to do something, they have that power to do something, being the bottom line. And I still blame the NBA because at the end of the day, you have to care for your players a bit more than what happened this game because shortening the game 10 seasons is a heck of a lot more than any other sport. I mean, the NFL had a totally normal season. The NBA took a pause. And it's not easy to come back from the pause. So we already knew the bubble was going to be a mess. And then you come into the bubble, you play your games, and then you go out out of the bubble, and then you do it again. And what was it? Like two months? Two months rest? Yeah. Two, three yeah, months, I, yeah. It, it, it really questions the morals here of what was going on inside the NBA. And, and at the end of the day, like we've said it already, it is a business. It's something that that had to be done but at what cost at what cost to your tv viewership because this has also been the lowest playoff viewing in a long time so really comes into question and everything that brings us to the hawks and the bucks let's start off by saying can the bucks win this game win this series i mean without Giannis, because we pretty sure that Trey will be back in Game Five, but we don't know if Giannis will be back for the entire season. I personally don't think they can win. I mean, just look at that game; they were, it was like close. It was like five, four or five points, and then Giannis goes down, comes back, twenty point game, and then he goes back in the locker room. And I think that shows this team can't win um, without Giannis. He's an MVP candidate. Um. Because Middleton, Holiday, they're they're good number twos, number threes. They can score, but they need someone like Giannis who, on both sides of the floor, he gives them a kind of different aspect on offense. He drives, pulls defenders into the paint, opens up the three-point shot, and then on defense, he can guard the paint, guard the perimeter. He can rotate he can block shots he can do pretty much anything and that's what the bucks are missing because he's injured and he i think he's pretty integral to their entire system how they play up basketball yeah i from the looks of the injury i don't think he'll come back but again we saw him walk back onto the court that was a good sight for bucks fans but from what we saw in game game four chris middleton didn't make a three after dropping what was it, 40-something? Yeah, outscoring the Hawks in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he outscored the Hawks in the fourth quarter, and he just couldn't keep that up in game four, and now you're heading back home for game five, which should be used as an advantage for the Bucks. You're going to have to have Drew Holiday step up, P.J. Tucker needs to step up. I mean, because this Hawks team is, is pretty deep. Now you have Cam Reddish back, you have Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich got Got hot in game four. Bogdanovich looked pretty healthy after that knee injury. He he looked yeah. like he's yeah. 
No, yeah, he's starting to look look like what he did at towards the end of the season for for Atlanta. Then they they have John Collins. You name every player on that team, and they can give you a bucket. Can't say mm-hmm. the same for that Bucks team, and that's how they need to prove the NBA uh, fans wrong. I mean, they're gonna have to do something without Giannis, and it, it, they they should be capable of doing it. Holiday's playing near All Star level, I'd say, this series for at least the first two games, mm-hmm. and and you have Middleton who's an All Star who. He has been inconsistent these playoffs, but you just gotta hope he can get buckets if you're a Bucks fan. Otherwise, you're in trouble. You're you're in deep trouble. Yeah, but I think that game was a bit like a, a egg. He he laid an egg, and I think Milton. He's he's an All Star player. Um, he he can he can take the load of Giannis, but it's. It's going to be interesting to see if he can do it for two, maybe even three games. No. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, if it's an ACL, he's done for the series, at least, most Mm -hmm. likely the season, and it looked really bad. So you're going to have to hope Middleton can – he can obviously play those minutes. I mean, he's done that. And he can score the points. But He can score – it's just can he do it for X amount of games? And and you're going to – you're probably going to have Trey Young back if if it's not game five, it's for game six, and so mm-hmm. that's that's another thing the Bucks will have to worry about. It, there's a lot of questions, and Mike Budenholzer is going to have to answer them because who knows? He could be on the hot seat for all we know if they lose this. Yeah, for sure. It's he he's it seemed like he was on the hot seat um, during that Brooklyn series, and yeah, it it still seems like he is. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh... What what ensues in the series? Because I mean, I mean, I, I, yeah, the the Hawks dominated that game. It, it never felt like they were not in control. And Trey Young was out the yep. entire game. Giannis played three quarters, or excuse me, two and a half quarters of that game. So, um, and- with Trey Young fully rested for a game, even for an injury that he might not have broken anything, he might have been fine, and they might have just been. T- trying to be safe than sorry you give him four days of rest it's going to be a very very interesting game as we head back for game five because it, yeah. it could really just hurt the bucks yeah and i think this this game showed the strength of the hawks and sure trey young he's the star he's he's good he can score points he can um he can shoot the long three but um I I think that um the depth of the Hawks, you got Bogdanovich, Lou Will who popped off, Gallinari, all these players. I think that's the real strength of the Hawks, and I think that's that showcase tonight, and I think that's or last night, and I think um that is why they could win the finals. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Let's take some predictions here for the uh, the game five of the series between the Hawks and the Bucks as we wrap up this episode. Um, I'll start us off, and to be honest, I don't think Giannis plays no matter what happens or what he has or if he's even back or whatever. So I'm going to go with the Hawks, throw it over to Cash. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely got Atlanta here. I mean, Lou Will proved in his that was his believe it or not, that was his first game that he's ever that's his yeah. first ever playoff game that he started. 
and it was huge for him. And this would be, and he knows like this is a great opportunity to get him his ring. So I think we're going to see another strong game from Louisville if he starts in the end. If he doesn't, I think he'll make a big impact. I got the Hawks steamrolling over the Bucks here. Man, I, I this game I actually have the Bucks taking. I think Middleton steps up. Um, I think Holiday steps up. Um, I think Bobby Portis steps up. I think Brooke Lopez steps up. I think the whole team steps up because last game, I think it kind of caught them by surprise. Their MVP goes down, looks pretty gruesome, and you don't really know what to do. But they, they've they had a couple of days to prepare. Their coach um, has a game plan, hopefully. And you come out and you execute and – you come out with the fire and energy because you lost your your leader and you're rallying pretty much to this game because they need it. Because if they go down 3-2, Giannis isn't there, then that it pretty much looks like the end of their, their season. Yeah, I agree. So... It's going to be something to watch for here as we round the stretch into the NBA Finals. It's going to be a good series no matter who we see, but we're hoping, hopefully, we can avoid yeah. any more injuries during this season and hopefully Giannis is okay and healthy to continue and hopefully Trey series, is as well. Boy, yeah, because, boy, it's been a great series in the East, and yep. hopefully we might be able to see Kawhi Leonard return, but that's chances are looking very bleak. For all Clippers fans, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Make sure to follow us on all our social medias on uh, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.